Hi, I'm Shane McCallan and I play for England and GB Women and you're listening to Talk Hockey Radio. Welcome to another episode of Talk Hockey Radio. Today's episode is brought to you by Decathlon. I'm your host this time, Simon Webb. Every now and then we do one-to-one interview specials and today is one such day. We're bringing you one of England and Great Britain's brightest, arguably the best in the world at her position, and one of the nicest ladies you could hope to meet in international hockey. Welcome, Anna Toman. Hi, thank you for having me. That's all right, lovely to have you. Um, so we're going to talk with Anna today a little bit about her journey in hockey, uh, the current state of affairs of international hockey, what sort of is on the horizon for the ladies, a little bit about club hockey and maybe a few other things in between. Um, so I also must apologise, I have a little bit of a cold, so I might sound a little bit different to normal, uh, but hopefully it won't be too much of a problem. Um, so yeah, the, the obvious starting point, I guess, is why, why hockey? What got you involved? Um, so from a very young age, I was very active, um, but I did a big variety of sports. Um, so I think I did almost something different every day after school from a very young age. Um, so I think that was really important for me and my development. And then, um, so I started hockey when I was about five or six. Um, so my mom was a hockey player as well. Um, so naturally that was quite nice for us, um, to share that together um and she took me down to my local club which was Belper Hockey Club um great setup absolutely brilliant um junior section um so I was very lucky um to have like great coaches um and great players around me and then as I started to get older um I realized that I was quite good at hockey um and I naturally it was my preference out of everything that I did so it was a combination of I was that was probably what I was best at, but also it was definitely my preferred sport. I I was really interested in team sports. I think over being an individual athlete because I want I want to be playing with my friends. Um, so so I did a bit of football as well, but hockey was definitely the one for me. And then I think then just to share that love for the sport with my mom was so nice, and she didn't push me into it in any way, but. She, I think deep down, obviously wanted me, preferred me to go into hockey. Um, And then, like I said, to have such a successful club down the road for me, I think really helped me. So then as I started to get a little bit older, um, I think towards the age of 12, 13, 14, that's when I started to potentially drop other sports and put more of a focus into hockey. Um, And then by the age of 15, 16, I was starting to play in adult leagues um and then yeah and then started to get into national age group stuff um so i think it's it's definitely been my favorite sport from a young age um i think just the variety of skills that are involved and like i said i get to go out there and step on the pitch with my friends and so i think that's that's that really drew me in from a young age and did you ever end up playing the same team as your mum I did um, only a couple of games, um, which was just brilliant. And to be able to say that we've done that is great. Um, but unfortunately, bless her, she actually um, snapped her Achilles in one of the games that we were in. So that kind of ended that. But to be like to be able to say we stepped on the same pitch together is is a really nice thing to be able to say. 
That's cool. Yeah, I was going to ask if she was still playing, but uh, I assume unfortunately <laughs> not now. No, no, that really... Uh, she hadn't actually played for quite a while before um, she snapped her Achilles and then she's suffered with um, a bad back for a long time playing on red grass and very hard sand-based pitches when she was younger. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it's nice to be able to say that we have played together. And um, you sort of, you, you touched on the friends side of things. Like with me, the reason I love hockey isn't, you know, because of the entertainment factor, obviously that's great, but we've got a fast, exciting, skillful sport is because of those sort of relationships. Like, you know, seeing my friends Gaston or um, my friend Doug after a match. Um, those are the things which bring you back. Are you still sort of, I, I see you posting every now and then about Belper. Are you still very much in touch with a club and your friends from, from when you started there? Yeah, absolutely. So even some of my best friends from school were also hockey players. Um, I think nearly every single one of them at least played a little bit. And then a couple of them um, played to quite a high level. Some of them played a bit of regional stuff. One friend played for Wales. Um, so it was definitely like a passion that we all shared and it was nice to be friends with them on and off the pitch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think all my closest friends um, I've played, either play with now or have played hockey with. Okay, cool. And and so did you stay with Belper before you went to uni or did you have anywhere in between? No, yeah. So I stayed with Belper um, up until university. Um, so I was there for quite a long time and had very like great success there. I was very lucky um, with coaches and players that I had around me. Um, so I absolutely loved it. And obviously it was down the road. So it was perfect for me. Um, and then I went to Birmingham University. Um, so yeah, I'm quite, I get, I feel like I'm quite loyal to the clubs that I'm at. Um, so once I go somewhere, I do like to stay there for as long as possible and grow the connections with people, part of the club. So I just think you feel more, part of something um so that's something that I've been quite passionate about um from a young age coming from Belper um and they're they're great I mean when I go home they let me use the pitch to go running and stuff so I've always got that connection um who knows whether I'll end up back there someday I don't know um but it's nice to see they've got a new clubhouse now which is right beside the pitch um so it's nice to see that development as well and and was it much of a challenge? I know like with Sam Quek, she's spoken quite a bit about it was a challenge being up in the north with pretty much all of all the centralized stuff is down in the south. Is that was that a challenge for you growing up? Um, I didn't necessarily see it too much as a challenge because like I said, we we have were such a successful club and there were so many of us that went to Belper, who I then played with at National Age Group. And then when I started doing under sixteen, under eighteens and so on. Um, a lot of the camps were actually at Lillyshaw. So that's not too far away from where I lived and it was slightly more Midlands based. Um, but then as I got older, um, it helped obviously going to Birmingham University that they were in Prem. But then after even leaving uni, I was thinking like there was no clubs really, really close to me that were at that point in the Prem. So that's probably when it became more of a problem um as opposed to when i was younger cool. and um with uh birmingham uni i was just having a bit of a look and the players you played with were ridiculous so this is just a short list i made off the top of my head faye curran susie petty emily defrond polly oakman lily owsley hannah martin Lena hughes there's probably a lot more i've forgotten about did you think at the time did it feel like a special team 
because that's a ridiculous amount of players. Like talent there is insane. <laughs> yeah, I remember like the first year I went to uni. Um, so you had your your no spray wasn't there. So you had your Crofty, your Holly Payne, Sarah Page, Alice Sharp. So they were like older people that I had looked up to. So I think to begin with, I had played with some of them at junior stuff but I think when I first went in I was like oh my goodness there's so many like really good players in this squad and even though I had been quite successful so far I I was thinking am I even going to get into the first team um which it was quite hard and then naturally Birmingham over the years then kept attracting these players which was absolutely brilliant um and to be able to play with all of them on a Wednesday and a Saturday was quite a luxury at university because often girls would have to go and find another club on a Saturday Saturday to be able to play prem. So to be able to play with that quality on a Wednesday and a on a, and on a Saturday and it was on my doorstep where I lived at uni. It was yeah, it, I was very fortunate to be in that position. Um and yeah, we were very successful. So I do I do look back very fondly on my time at Birmingham. And I guess it must be quite special, the idea that the Commonwealth Games will be taking place there. Oh, absolutely. There's so many of us that are so excited um, for it to be at Birmingham because there's, there's so many of us that went to university there. Um, and I've actually not been back because I didn't play Prem for a couple of years. I've not even played on the new pitches um, yet. So that might well, depending what happens with club, that might be my next time I could possibly play at Birmingham. So, yeah, it, it will be fantastic. It's obviously fantastic to have it in your own country, but to have it pretty much almost a home for where you went to uni and not that far in the Midlands for me, it's, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, so my next question is probably a little bit on the deep side, but um, so obviously the, the journey into the senior squad is quite a long one. There's all the, the county, the regional, the national age group squads. Thousands and thousands of people are trying to get in there. What do you think it is about you that made you succeed compared to others? Um, I mean, I was very fortunate. Like we obviously we all have very different journeys. Um, mine was one that I did under 16s, under 18s, under 21s. But, and that part of was probably quite smooth for me in terms of getting in, getting picked. It was probably the next part of my journey that wasn't so smooth. Um, and I think, I think even in the years that I was at junior level, like I gave up quite a lot to do, to do that. So I think, first of all, you have to be committed to it. Um, and I think from a young age, I was. So even the amount of times I would go down to training at Belper, um, the amount of hours I put in at training, I think then helped me later on down the line. Um, like I sacrificed quite a lot over the years, um, but it was something that I wanted to do. Um, and then, yeah, after university, it didn't quite work out for me. And I made decisions that I did um, that I thought were going to benefit me both hockey-wise and for my life as well. Um, so I'm quite like, I like to act almost on my instincts. And there was like certain points in my career where I had a senior trial and in my head, I knew it wasn't, I wasn't ready and I still gave it my all, but I was also realistic about getting in at that point. Um, so I think I've 
I feel like I've done quite well in balancing out my life. Like I was happy to get my university degree done um, and then look to then focus on my hockey. Um, so yeah, it's a, a hard one to say why it has worked out for me, but I feel like that's uh, that's been my journey and I've been fortunate in some areas and like everyone, it's not been all smooth sailing. Uh, unfortunately, talking about smooth sailing kind of brings me on to another uh, interesting one. Um, so you, you made your debut a little while before this, but for a lot of people, myself included, the World Cup in 2018 was when you kind of really burst onto the scene. And I can remember like watching these matches and just being like, oh my God, this is, you're insane. Like the stuff you could do, like you're one of our most creative players, uh, despite the fact you're a defender, you're creating chances down the wing, really causing problems in that sort of far corner of the pitch for the opposition. So obviously there was bad bits about the tournament. There's no sort of skirting around that. But what do you? How do you personally reflect on that tournament? So it's funny when people ask me at the moment what are some of my highlights of my career. That is still one of them, and I think for an athlete to be able to say you've been to a home World Cup, it's like not many athletes can say that. So that in itself was a huge accomplishment for me um, in the first two years of my senior career. And on top of that, then how well England did the World Cup and how many people got behind it, I think made such a huge impact on us as a team, on youngsters, on like the nation. Um, So obviously that side of it, I look back on so fondly of. And I just remember that feeling when we ran out in the first game and we didn't really know what was going on. Um, with the fire everywhere and like all sorts. We just didn't really know. And then I remember running out and it was like, oh my goodness, like the crowd was just phenomenal. Um, But yeah, when you look on the other side of it and you actually look at the hockey, obviously it didn't go great for us at all. And it was a huge, huge disappointment with how we did. So I do look back at it with quite mixed emotions and it's it kind of for me is what could have been um, slightly because I think we had like a brilliant squad and team that went but we just didn't get it right um, so yeah it's quite a mixed mixed emotions when I look back on it yeah I think yeah that sort of reflects a lot what some of the other women I've heard talking about this have said is like that wall of sound unless you were there you can't really understand just how incredible it was and the fact it was like this never-ending sea of people in front of you <laughs> It's it was amazing to be there, but yeah, I can obviously understand it's uh, it didn't quite go as you guys wanted it to in terms of results. Um, but sort of looking to the future, um, you know, you're you're all heading off to Spain fairly soon. Um, I've heard that unfortunately you all have to be in single rooms, uh, <laughs> and there won't be any room sharing with the men. Apparently, they just have a massive like network of Xbox that they play against each other and chat through that. What do you? What are you expecting to do? Um, I've heard you quite like David Attenborough or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure yeah, you're relieved so... he's got the vaccine, but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, honestly, I was I was so relieved when I read that. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we experienced it when we play pro league in uh, Holland and Belgium. So we kind of know what to expect in terms of being in the room by yourself. Um, And obviously there's quite a lot of protocols. We have to wear masks everywhere we go. We actually sit and eat 
on a table by ourselves <laughs> but we're all we're all in the same room but you're on a table by yourself so it's dinner for one um but all of these things need to be put in place to keep us safe obviously um so it wasn't I remember last trip there was quite a lot of anxiety around it in terms of what it was going to look like and how it was going to feel and once we were actually out there we realized a it was extremely extremely safe and b you just I think once you're in it you just you just go with it and you just put up with it as a team and you find ways different ways to talk to each other and we didn't actually spend that much time in our rooms by ourselves um so we'll have a team room that we can go in obviously we still have to socially distance and have our masks on but we can still spend time together it just won't look and feel the same as what it normally does but we're in a very fortunate position that we can do that um, and we can go on this trip and people like I'm going and seeing all these girls every day whereas some people are living on the, alone and only getting to look at people through a screen so we're extremely fortunate to be able to doing this at all so I think that's what we have to keep in our heads that it might be difficult at times and it might seem like a bit of a slog thinking oh, I've got to wear this mask all the time and I've got to keep away from people but it's like it's very important that we put these things into place and we want to get we want to get training under our belt we want to get these matches under our belt so we're we're very excited to be going out um so going into sort of tokyo uh we we know that traditionally after a major event like tokyo we might expect to see some retirements happening obviously we've got a home commonwealth games as well but with that advent tends to also bring things like potential changes in leadership uh so i just wondered you know you're probably going to be one of the more senior players after tokyo do you harbor any sort of interest in potentially having the armband and that sort of responsibility um i think i would never naturally just like put myself forward or anything but i would always go with what's right for that team um and what the coaches around you and what the players want it's funny i don't actually see myself as that really at all I just want to just go and play and get selected and be injury free. And so that's like more my priority. So it's not really ever been in my mind about that. And like you say, it very much depends who is around. So I don't think it'd be anything that would necessarily phase me, but it's not something I think about either. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. You, you, sort of, you touched on something that I found interesting about you. So uh, at the world cup, I, after one of the matches, uh, you were understandably very upset, um, but the press wanted to speak to you because you were, I think you were a name player of a match or something like that. And you took just a few seconds to sort of regain some composure and then speak to the press and you had that sort of famous anatoma smile and you dealt with everything. Like despite the fact you just had a heartbreaking loss, you were able to compose yourself so well. And then when we look at your on-pitch performance, you know, you've recently started, well, not recently now because it's been a few months, but um, you started popping up with goals uh, through short corners and then on penalty shuttles, you're like a force to be reckoned with, it seems. Um, I wondered, what's, do you know what the root of this incredible composure you have, the ability to sort of almost like zen-like just cut everything else out and just do what needs to be done? Well, my mum says I get it from my dad. Um, so he was quite a successful rugby player and Gaelic football player in Ireland. So mum definitely gives credit to my dad that that was something that was quite natural with him. And I am lucky enough that it I, it's come quite naturally to me um, from a young age. And it's not just in hockey. It's actually just in day-to-day life. I'm quite laid back, um, try not let things get the better of me or... 
I think sometimes it's quite hard to read my emotions, which sometimes is a bad thing. <laughs> um, and then thankfully that's then just reflected into my hockey. Um, and don't get me wrong. I still get nervous. I still get really upset. I still get angry, but I, it, I'm probably better at hiding it. And it's not something that I purposely try to do. Um, it is something that just comes naturally to me. And my, I've had many talks with my psychologist and she's always tried to like nail what it is. And it's quite hard to like put my finger on it. Um, but it's, I think for me, it's something that I'm like all the time and it's not just hockey. It's outside of hockey as well, my day-to-day life. So yeah, it's, it's not always a good thing, but I do like to, yeah, to be a calmer, um, level-headed person. Cool. Um, and sort of just wrapping up the, the international side of things before we move on to a bit more to Cords Club. It's obviously a, a pretty crazy year or two ahead of us with uh, Pro League, uh, Euros, uh, Olympics, and then trying to qualify for World Cups included in that bit. I'm sure I'm probably forgetting about something as well. Um, <laughs> so how are you in terms of juggling the priorities for that and making sure that you're able to keep focus on the next goal, but also not at the complete expense of what's beyond that that goal. Yeah, it's a difficult one because obviously we look at the Olympics as the pinnacle um, and that's kind of what everything's been going towards. But then you have these other stepping stones on the way. Um, and I think, well, for me as an individual, I try not, you obviously you have to look into the future and you have to think about the Euros and you have to think about the Olympics. But I try to think like more day to day and like what I can do at Bisham, what I can do when we go and play these games when we can. Um, and I think that helps to keep us more grounded and to like focus on the now um, with then looking into the future and thinking about, right, okay, we've got these big competitions obviously coming up. Um, so it, it's it's tough because I think in, in our heads, I would say we're thinking about the Olympics um, and we're, probably even more so now because we obviously it was postponed last year. Um, so I think it's almost even more at the front, particularly for me, because I, I haven't been to an Olympic Games yet. And that for me was something I've dreamed of from a young age. Um, so I do think this year it's even more in the front of my mind that firstly, I just want it to be on, <laughs> um, whatever that looks like. Um, and then I want to be in the 16 named to go. Um so I think that is that is definitely my my first thought. But then I try to focus on just right day to day, getting through training, putting everything in that I can. Because um, it's yeah, like they say, it's all about the journey, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. trying not to get too far ahead of yourself. But yeah, having having those having those tournaments in in your head that right, okay, this is this is what I'm training for day in day out and I certainly had to have that in my mind over Christmas when I was running up and down by myself <laughs> cool um so sort of looking at, at the club side of things um you were part of the, the squad that got the legendary Wimbledon club back up to national prem it was a long journey I know you know when when Krista Cullen joined the team it, it, the, the team frustrated just kept on missing out on the place to go up um, but now you're there um, what's it been like as as part of that squad and what are your sort of hopes and aspirations obviously the season's a bit hard to uh, to predict what's going to happen in the next few months but yeah how are you guys feeling about things I mean firstly obviously it was so like it was so great to finally get into Prem and it was it was a little bit bittersweet like obviously we were thrilled but 
we didn't really get like the full celebrations. Like we'd worked so hard for so many years and some of the girls, it's been a long, long time. Um, so it was quite difficult to never have that, yeah, that real celebration. Um, instead we were just, oh, okay, now we're actually playing in Prem. Um, so yeah, it was, we had a, like a tricky start. We didn't, we lost our coach. We had to try and crew and it was, it was a little bit all up in the air. Um, for a little bit um, and then obviously we, we recruited um, Alex Dance and Bennett which was fantastic um, and they've formed and then so our assistant coach has then become our head coach so Alex and Colin have formed like a really good connection I think and um, it took a while to be like okay this this is it this is the team now but I think we finally got there and um it's always going to be hard jumping from being in the league below for so many years to then coming into prem like it is a step up and a lot of the girls in the Wimbledon team either hadn't played prem or it had been a very very long time so it was trying to get people up to scratch with it and then realizing okay we're not going to beat teams five six seven nil every week um but to be honest we were quite pleased we were lucky enough to actually get all the games played that we could have got played so I think it was six they ended up playing um and we were relatively pleased with how they went considering it's our first um first year in the prem um so it's obviously a shame everything that's happened that we just wanted to continue to grow as a team and try and put our stamp um try and make our mark in the prem and obviously we've not been able to do that so <laughs> it's now whatever happens with club can we like regroup and like pick up from where we left off um and not drop back down again but i mean who knows when when we might be able to do that yeah was it weird going in like knowing although you had been promoted you were probably one of the favorites to be in contention for a top four finish yeah so i mean a lot of people asked me what what i wanted from from going into prem and i was absolutely straight away said well i want to be top four um and I think, and all the girls said the same. And then I think then when we started actually playing the matches, we realised how difficult that was going to be. Um, and there's obviously, there's your Surbitons, your Hampstead, your EGs that are probably quite um, favourable to be at the top. But then there's a group in the middle that I think is a tough group to be in and to, to get that fourth spot. So I think it was great that we had that aspiration and I'm I'm thrilled that like all the girls got on board with that but I think once we started playing the games we realized how difficult it was actually going to be um and still very doable but we're like I said we were used to rolling teams over a lot and we actually then had to start defending a lot more so um it really yeah it, it was going to be a huge test for us and we didn't shy away from that but yeah it's a shame that we're not really going to know potentially um how we how we will do yeah. And uh, was it weird transitioning from, you know, not long ago you were being captained and playing in the same team as Alex Dance and Bennett, and now she's your coach. Is that a weird transition for you or was it all right? Yeah, it, it was. And I think because I've also not, she's not been around. Like I've not seen her that much as well recently. And it, it's just a completely different role. And I've, I've obviously I've looked up to her for so many years, even before playing with her. And then... I probably, yeah, and then she was my captain. So then it was quite a change um, in our relationship. And like, even she would potentially start asking me questions because it was, she was getting to know the team and the girls as well. 
So then it was probably more she was asking, yeah, me more. And I was like, oh, I'm normally asking you all the questions and I'm normally looking to you for everything. So it was quite a change, but it was great. Um, the girls have absolutely loved it, particularly our forwards. So she's been a great addition. And I really like the fact that she cares about the club behind just not just our team, which is, like I said, something I feel passionate about. And I knew that once Al commits to something, like she's going to like put her all into it. So, yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine how many clubs were after her. So it, it all came from me pretty much sliding into her DMs on Instagram. <laughs> after <laughs> I think she put an article out about potentially coaching a club at some point. And I, it was quite a lighthearted joke. And then it evolved and here we are. So. Yeah, I mean, she's an amazing person. So the lesson, you know, the, the stuff that she could teach people and she was talking, it may have been the same article, but how she felt so upset about not being able to go to Tokyo, but wanted to be there in some capacity. And I was saying to my friends, like, can you imagine like what she could bring as a coach with her experience? The fact that she overcame so many injuries, like she used to have to wear that stuff to keep her shoulders in place just to be able to do the basics all these little things that she's learned, the opportunity for her to pass that on to people is incredible. So like to see her with Wimbledon, you've got so many talented young players there and obviously a lot of established and one or two retired internationals as well. It could be, I'm very excited uh, to see what happens there. I really, what I really admired about her as well is she came into it, obviously she was still like still recovering from her injury as well and also she was quite honest with the girls that like this is the first time that she's actually coached a senior ladies team so she was quite honest and open like she'll have stuff to learn as well which is something that I just admire about Alex like she's one of the best of the hockey players we've ever produced and yet she's there saying to us like I'm gonna have to like learn stuff off you guys as well and yeah it's it's been it's been brilliant and we're extremely lucky to be in this position yeah definitely now um i think around 2016 i might be wrong on the year but i think around 2016 you went down to australia is that right and you uh, played 20, yeah, 20 yeah 20 yeah 2016 what was it like what was it like playing down in australia because from what i've heard it's pretty different to our club setup it's very different <laughs> um yeah so i decided I did a few, I was doing a bit of trials with the seniors. It still wasn't right for me. And I'd always wanted, I wanted to travel as well. Um, and then I thought, well, I could go out and play in Australia because at that point, my part of the game attacking wise wasn't great. Um, and I thought they're obviously a very fast paced attacking nation. So that would be a great place to go. Um, so I did a bit of traveling and then went and played in Perth and it was very different. So obviously they can't play as a like nation league. So it's all in different states. So I think the furthest I traveled was like 20 minutes to a game, which in Perth seems like a really long way. <laughs> Cause I remember thinking if you had to cross the river, it was like, Oh, we've got to go and play this away game. And I was thinking at home, I travel like an hour from my home game. So that in itself was so different. There's just so many teams in a small area. And then it was, it was still very different. Like we shared, our pitch with another club so even that was so different um to what we have here but it was absolutely brilliant like and it's uh, it's really contributed I think to my game today and I learned a lot like I said about attacking which has become quite a big part of my game now so I think it was definitely the right decision for me to go and play out there um, and just to be able to experience different culture different style of hockey it was absolutely brilliant and I loved it 
And we've we've recently seen Lily Owsley has signed for Hard AM in the Hofklasse, um, which is ridiculously exciting for people like me who are hockey geeks. Because I think you know if you put probably one of the most exciting attacking players that we've ever had in the best league, the opportunities for what could happen, and you know the opportunity for her to train uh, full time in a in a really incredible professional setup against the best players in the world every week. That's something else. Are you tempted to uh, to go that way? <laughs> It's, I've all, I think I'll always be tempted and I've still not 100% made my mind up. When originally, so if last year had gone to plan um, with the Olympics and COVID wasn't a thing, I wasn't going to go because um, I, I sort of had in my head that I was obviously going to put everything into trying to go to the Olympics. And then would I then want to play hockey at probably just as an intense level a couple of weeks later? And at that point, I thought I didn't. I would have wanted to have had a break. Um, and I was going to go and I was potentially going to go and do a bit more traveling, a bit more volunteering in Africa, which I've done before. So I was going to go down that route. And then I thought about it again. And I've, I've definitely not closed the door to it. I see, I think if I'm going to go and play abroad, I would like to do it when I'm still playing internationally because hopefully it would only improve my game. However, I'm not, I still don't know if now's the right time for me. So I have, I'm, I'm not thinking about it at the moment, but I've definitely not closed the door to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a funny one because I know obviously there's, there's a plenty of well publicized reasons for why players haven't gone in the past. But then if you look at the best players like Ashley Jackson, Helen, Kate, Maddie, uh, Barry, all of them have had that benefit of going there. Um, yeah. mostly I think all to Holland there's been a few who've gone to Belgium as well because the Belgian league seems to be really quickly becoming uh, a close second to that but yeah it would be amazing to uh, if you do go I'm sure we'd all be very <laughs> we'd be sad to see you leave but I think we'd all see the benefit <laughs> as well when you came back and put on a GV shirt <laughs> it, it's something we'll else we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> um, so then I've got a few sort of more uh, silly questions I guess um, so normally after the Olympics you tend to see a few of the athletes popping up on things like I'm a celebrity or Strictly Come Dancing. Is it time to put a fiver down on you for the glitter ball? <laughs> I think after my hockey career, my friends, all my like close home friends are like, do you think you'll ever end up on something like that? And they've always, they've always said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be very entertaining when I'm a celebrity because I'm not that scared of bugs and stuff like that. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that entertaining. I would, I love Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> and I used to do not ballroom type of dancing, but I used to be really into dance when I was younger. Um, and I did quite a lot of it. So, yeah, I mean, it would have to obviously be after your career, but I would love that. <laughs> Were you happy with Bill Bailey winning? I was. I wanted him to win. I think he was a good mix of likability and how much he'd like come on so yeah I thought it was brilliant yeah it was funny like, you, they obviously were thinking oh, he's got no chance so we'll give him the lady who won it last year and then he turned out to be technically ridiculous <laughs> like he's insanely talented I know I know I definitely think coming in no one no one thought it was going to be good didn't they but yes. he was brilliant and then so I guess that, that leads on to the inevitable question of who is the best dancer in the squad because I've heard rumours but obviously there's now a crown to be won with Sam Quick having retired <laughs> oh, I don't know actually. I think um Crofty's got quite a good rhythm. So even if we're like bopping along to some music in the gym, at least Croft is going 
to the rhythm of the music, whereas a lot of the girls can't even like two step probably. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's probably quite a bit of difference between dancing in the changing rooms and potentially dancing after a few drinks. I think some people might be a bit looser. <laughs> And um, so next, next sort of silly question, I guess. Who would you least want to get in a scrap without the squad? Um, oh, that's a hard one. I think, I think Tess, maybe. Tess, <laughs> really? Like, oh, she's well, the sweetest girl. Oh, I mean, she's adorable, but it's more, she's really strong, though. I think that's more like yeah. sometimes on the pitch, I'm like, oh, I'm going I'm to stay away. It's more how strong she is. <laughs> Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's a pretty uh, big athlete now. <laughs> uh, so who's who would you say the best cook is? Um, Giselle. Oh yeah, obviously. Cook, yeah. cook baker. Yeah, she's great. Um, best for a night out. Oh, that's quite a hard one. I'd have to go Hannah. And yeah. who would you least want to be sat next to on a long coach journey? Um. Oh, that's hard. Someone, someone who talks a lot because I like to sleep. <laughs> um, so maybe who's, who talks a lot? I don't know who talks on journeys actually because it's funny because when we go on when we go on planes, we're obviously always sat near the same people because it's alphabetically. So I'm always near Towner and Unzi, and we've got a real good. We hardly speak to each other. <laughs> we just like we just go to sleep. It's just. We all know like what we want to do when you don't feel like, oh, I need to stay up and talk to you. It's literally eye mask down and we're, we're there asleep. Oh, cool. Um, so then uh, slightly more serious, but who, you know, looking around the squad or looking down at the development team or, or possibly even outside of the, the GB setup, who are you excited about? Like, who do you, you, you look forward to playing with or against at training? Um, well, I think obviously Crackles, Fiona Crackles coming in um, to the squad recently is brilliant um i think to continue to have these young players coming up and she's proved herself that she should be training with us um i think it's absolutely brilliant and i think even some of the youngsters in our squad now still have so much to give and i think they really stood up um when we played um holland and belgium um it was great there was bit more of an opportunity because we were missing some key players um for them to get that opportunity and I think they did absolutely brilliantly so I think even the girls in our squad there's a long way for them to go and I forget how young some of them are still um so you like to obviously Tess, Lizzie, Izzy, Esme um so I think yeah they're, they're hopefully going to have a very successful career and I I look forward to hopefully being a part of a lot of that and seeing them grow as players. Cool. Um, and then something that uh, we kind of just on the fly started with Susie uh, and we've now done a few times is if you could pick a five-a-side team from England and Great Britain you've played with against a five-a-side team of the world that you've played against, who would you pick for each team? So I have to have a think about this. So my team would be Maddie and Goal. Am I included in this? I didn't know whether I was up to you. It's up to you. Well, I was like, I didn't know whether I'm supposed to be, but I mean, I think I'd want. I think I'd want to play, so I'm going to put myself in it. So it'd be Maddie, me, Unzi, Alex, and Hannah. That's, that yeah, that's nice. a pretty flair team. Yeah, I was. I was trying to get a mixture of positions, um, and then if I if I hadn't put myself in, I'd put Holly in as a replacement defender. But I just think I'll want to play in it, won't I? So. Yeah. <laughs> and then the world team would be Rachel Lynch in goal, Muller Veden, 
uh, Mickelson, Granato, and I don't actually know how to pronounce it. Zander, is it Devard from Holland? Zandavard. Yeah. Zandavard, yeah. Um, again, a mixture of all, there are always players that when I play against are. Uh, I don't struggle, but they're good players. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it like with Unsworth? I think mean, to me, she's one of the most underrated players because she doesn't she doesn't necessarily do anything spectacular. So if you're watching the game, she doesn't stand out. But on the other hand, as a coach, you look at her and think she just never does anything wrong. And she's so dynamic. She looks just as comfortable playing at centre back or left back, right back, centre mid. I'm sure she's perfectly capable up front as well. <laughs> I wouldn't want to tell her otherwise anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, what makes these people stand out to you? I think particularly for Unzi, it, it frustrates me how, I don't think she's underestimated, but she's not put out there as a name probably quite as much as other people, like you say, because she's not a flary player. And it frustrates me because I know what she's like. I play with her day in, day out. And when I was younger, I, I almost looked up to her as well because I saw myself as similar-ish in terms of uh, I'm not going to be incredibly skillful. I'm not gonna, ever going to take on loads of players. And for her as well, she's so consistent like I could, I can't even think of a game where I think oh, Onesie didn't play very well, and she is phenomenal at what her role and what she does, um, and in particular is organising us. Like you know when she's not on the pitch because she is that voice, and her hockey brain is incredible. Um, it's funny, like even though you play at this level, some people don't have that natural hockey brain, and to be able to communicate and organise those around you, and that is something that Onesie has. Um, and I mean, I, I don't like it when she's not on the pitch. You just know she's going to keep things simple. Um, she's quite direct and straight with you as well, which I really like. Um, so yeah, it, it's she's someone I've looked up to from a young age and I still do. Um, and she's a fantastic leader as well. And, and from the international squad, sort of, sorry, that's not the right word, you know, the world 11 or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. What sort of was the uh, motivation behind those sorts of picks that you made there? So I think um, a couple, particularly Devard and Granato, they playing against them, they're just always there and they're always doing something. I think they must have incredible engines and they're, they're so skillful. And I just think as well, for me as an individual, I look at them as they cause a lot of problems against us. And I think Devard as well, I don't think gets the recognition necessarily in the Dutch team that she should I always think she's doing something against us. And I think she causes us quite a lot of trouble. Um, Mickelson, obviously, I mean, goes without saying, she's probably one of the best ball carriers in the world, if not the best. Um, and I think we've done really well as a team to be able to keep her quiet, but we have to do a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, so she's always someone, I mean, I do enjoy a 1v1 battle with it because I think if I can tackle her I can tackle anyone <laughs> um, yeah so I think yeah Mulla I mean she's I, well I see I obviously I've never been captained by her but I look at her as a brilliant leader she's been captain of Germany for a long time and she seems very very solid at the back and I always think it's quite hard to get it past her she's often plays their spare player and is always in the right place at the right time so it's quite difficult to get around her cool well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk with me. Um, it's been absolutely amazing to, to hear your thoughts on things. And it's obviously, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, going to be a very exciting year for yourself, uh, England and Great Britain. Um, so thank you very much. And uh, You're more luck. than welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It was lovely chatting. Cheers.